0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck. and I'm here in the Texas Motor Speedway Media Center with Toby Christie from The Final Lap. Toby.
1: Hey, man, what's going on? How it's are awesome. you? Yeah. Man, I'm doing good. You know, I always wondered how that went without your intro music, because I know you have to do that <laughs> yeah. without the intro music going, so I always wanted to see how that went, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, good. like,
0: the people will hear the intro music, but we doing
1: it live here. <laughs> right. It's
0: just a <laughs> silent room, and me going, all right, very awkwardly, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sure somebody walking by is like, okay, what's going on in that room? Yeah,
0: exactly. But... um Wow, that was an interesting race. I didn't see a lot of that coming today here at Texas. I was all settled in for a long um, follow-the-leader, sort of uneventful, caution-free type race. I mean,
1: how many cautions were there? There was uh, eight eight cautions, double
0: the amount of cautions at (laughs) Martinsville. And it's in Texas.
1: What the heck's going on? Like, we were just talking about everybody in the entire industry was like, wow, cautions are down. You come to Texas Motor Speedway, you expect, like you said, follow-the-leader racing all day long. We're wanting to throw shoes on the track to cause cautions. And uh, we have this kind of craziness that happened today, so that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, very surprising, but uh pleasant surprise, at least for those who weren't
0: involved in Rex, I guess. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm know. sure there's a lot of them are like, yeah, that wasn't so fun. Uh, so I, I kind of have somewhat of a theory on this. Uh, I was talking to some people at the tweet up this morning, and it kind of made me think of it. So... You know how there's sometimes uh, when when it's a normal weekend and they get tons of practice mm-hmm. and every they fine-tune their cars and you kind of know who's going to be good and the, the best car started up front and all that stuff? Um, those can be sometimes a boring race because yeah. th- it's a dominant performance. And I was thinking today or this weekend with uh, the way that qualifying got shortened so mm-hmm. you didn't really have a true uh, qualifying session. And then the practice sessions Saturday were so freaking cold. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, you didn't, you didn't, everybody was just guessing on what, what was going to be needed to dial in their cars. So there was a lot of unknowns introduced into the race. Mm-hmm. So I think that sort of shook it up and made it more unpredictable. What do you think?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head because you got to remember the first practice sessions were in 85 degree temperatures. The second practice sessions on Saturday were at 35 degree temperatures. And the race was like 65 degrees. So it's kind of hard to put the pin on where your car is going to be when the race starts. That was actually pretty interesting. and I think that's what led to a lot of the uh, early uh, race. Uh, mess ups, honestly.
0: Yeah, well, we'll take it. And uh, I can't remember who... Oh, I think it was Brad Keselowski, actually, on Nate Ryan's podcast, now that I think about it. Nate Nate Ryan had a great uh, podcast with Brad Keselowski this week, and Keselowski was saying that the best racing is made by mistakes. Right. And mi- when
1: mistakes happen, that shakes up the field. And there were so many mistakes today. Dude, there was mistake after mistake after mistake. Of course, Hamlin's going to have his pit road errors. That happens every week. But there were more than just... I mean, if, have, you, have you seen the infraction list?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, my it goodness. Out. It's yeah. like
1: two pages. It's front and back. It's insane. Yeah. Penalties so all over the place, everywhere. And, uh, it was just one of those weird days. It looked like nobody wanted to win the race except for the guy who eventually did, which was Kyle Busch. He didn't really have many errors throughout the day, but...
0: That's right, yeah, because we we were in the press box together, and on the way down, mm-hmm. you know, it was probably about, I don't know, 80 laps to go or something. You're like, man, nobody wants to win this, <laughs> and we were like, well, I guess Kyle Busch is the only one that hasn't really made yeah. a mistake, and he's the one that, that won, because aside from just the pit road mistakes, whether it was speeding or um, uncontrolled tire, at yeah. least for Blaney, not for Harvard, right. get into that... Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, too many men over the wall, all that stuff. Uh, Aside from that, uh, you had loose wheels that maybe Mm -hmm. were from pick guns, maybe weren't. Maybe were just from some some people just making mistakes. Mm -hmm. You had guys like uh, Alex Bowman just sort of losing it. Yeah. Um, I guess these aren't really mistakes, but uh, the way that... The, a couple guys blew tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they abused their tires or it was just something that happened. You can't really count that as mistakes because those things happen. But mm-hmm. there was just so many unpredictable elements being introduced into the race. It yeah. really sort of kept it like, oh, geez, I have no idea who's going to win
1: this. Yeah, for sure, it was it was wild. And you know, the tire things could actually be a mistake if they were planning on the temperatures being a little bit cooler than they were. Uh, it ended up getting up to 65 this morning. Was like 40 something. Still felt like it would be pretty cold. So. Um, If they weren't making on it getting a little bit more uh, uh, heat in the track, they might have actually planned for that, and that might have led to some of the tire failures. So you never know.
0: Yeah. So Kyle Busch, uh, as we talked about, and it makes no mistakes, and he, he gets his first win of the year. It seemed like, for me, uh, a long time since Kyle Busch last won, because it, it had only been nine races. But, yeah. um I mean, he had four second-place finishes during that time, including at Homestead, Mm -hmm. where, you know, he heartbreakingly lost the championship, I guess you could say. But, I mean, you know, since Las Vegas, uh, he's been, like, second, second, third, second, first. So, went on a huge run of really good results. He's the points leader now, um, even though he only had this one win. Did, did it surprise you that he won, or, or were you expecting him to win by now?
1: Well, I would have expected to win by now with how strong he's been out of the box. And, you know, Ford's been so dominant. You expect somebody to at least be able to rival them a little bit. Uh, Martin Church Jr., of course, got his one win, but you're looking for more than just that. So uh, he's been very strong, and he's been knocking on the door. And when you do that, eventually you do break through. So it's not surprising it happened. And it's not surprising it happened at Texas either. He's been very good at Texas over the years. so. Um, if there was a place it was going to happen, I think this is a pretty solid spot for it to have happened.
0: Yeah. I guess I'm actually a little bit surprised because I just thought it was going to be a Ford day. Yeah. Looking at the Stuart Haas cars, I was thinking, oh, man, Harvick is going to completely dominate this race. And maybe he would have if he didn't have his problems because yeah. he did in the early part. But I also thought that, like, Kurt Busch was going to have a great day. And he, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, he finished seventh. I thought Boyer was going to be better than he was. He was ninth. Almirola got in that wreck. Yeah. But, um, ending
1: his top fifteen streak, by the way. Oh, that's right. That's yeah,
0: a he was he was rolling for a yeah. while um, with really good results. So I, I guess I was just thinking that you know here here come the Fords again, especially on on Friday. Um, Harvick, you know, makes a bold proclamation that hey, we're better than Truex. Right. And it, it's sort of been a Harvick Truex type scenario. Mm-hmm. Then he and Kyle Busch go head to head on that late restart. Same strategy, all that stuff. Kyle Busch beats him straight up. Yeah. So. Um, maybe it's not going to be such a
1: Harvick season. After. I don't know. <laughs> well, you never know. But before all the weird stuff started happening for Harvick, you saw Truix go by the wayside with the blown tire. All these other guys started making mistakes. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is Harvick's to lose. And then even once Harvick lost the lead and had his weird stuff happening, he was just mowing down the field and was catching Kyle Bush at a very fast clip. So it was like, well, this is still his race to lose, I felt. Um, and I'm not sure what happened. All of a sudden, he just yeah. kind of fell off. He just couldn't quite catch him. That was so weird, wasn't it? Like, once he got within about a second of him, that was about it. He uh, – so I was on my way – oh, we, I was walking with you. Like mm-hmm. I said, we were on our way down from the press I was box. in your draft, and I think you were in Nate's draft, so it was yeah, pretty good. We were, pretty we were good. Trying to we were <laughs> trying
0: to get there as fast as we could back down here so we didn't miss anything. So we get down to the, press bo- or the media center, and we look at the margin, and we're like, oh, wow, Harvick's up to fourth or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, four point whatever seconds back. Like, six laps later, I mean, he's, like, only two seconds back. Then yeah. he's one point something, whatever back. And you're like, oh,
1: surely. It's over. Yeah. yeah. He's coming with a full
0: head of steam. He's going to pass him probably with 15 laps to go yeah. and cruise by. Uh, there was that late caution. But even with that, evening things up, he couldn't get him. No. I don't know what happened.
1: It was weird. It was very, very weird. When it was all happening, I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, I even put it on Twitter. I so said, this is his race to lose still. Like, he's not even leading. But yeah, this is his race to lose. And I don't know what happened, but uh it just it just didn't work out for him on that last uh last set of uh green flag run there.
0: Yeah. Well, Toby, uh, you could argue that he shouldn't have even been in that position too Yeah. because uh <laughs> on his last pit stop there um it looked like a tire got away from him and Nick Bromberg from Yahoo had a great gif of this um you know, cuz Ryan Blaney earlier in the race was uh penalized on what seemed like sort of a ticky-tack, mm-hmm. um, or at least a very borderline uncontrolled tire violation, yeah. had to serve a penalty. And then Harvix was, it looked like, much more <laughs> I mean, blatant. He,
1: he was out in the middle of pit lane and was almost hit by a car by the time he got to the tire. You could see in the frame, a car was zooming right there, so it was like, right. it's pretty far out there. So I don't know I don't know what they were saying in the hauler there when they are making the decision on that, but... Uh, I think that was more egregious than the Blaney one for sure.
0: Yeah, I thought so and and there's definitely an argument that, you know, that that was the wrong call. I asked NASCAR about this and NASCAR's view is simply um it was a judgment call and we felt one was uh legal and one wasn't basically. <laughs> I th- let me get the exact wording. They said, uh one situation warranted a penalty and one <laughs> didn't.
1: <laughs> what what like uh, I, uh, I don't know. And it's the same people making the judgment call the whole time, right? Right. Okay. So my problem is during practice, I remember Daryl Waltrip and the guys were praising this new Hawkeye system and, and saying, wow, you know, whenever it's out, it's out. That's it. There's lines. It's just like football now. There's an out-of-bounds line. If you cross it, it's a penalty. Well, that's not the case now. So uh, we're still making judgment calls, and anytime time you have a judgment call, then you're going to have fans questioning, well, that's Kevin Harvick. He's a seasoned veteran, you know. They're going to err on the side of him, you know, so yeah, I don't like I, ha- I hate to
0: see that inconsistency because I think NASCAR, for the most part, has been, I don't know, I guess kind of actually getting a lot better or more consistent yeah. recently. The, the biggest one I can think of recently was Jimmy Johnson uh, in the playoffs last year. They started, you know, when he was partially outside his box. Yeah. They let him get away with the pit, and, and even crew chief said they didn't. They didn't know that rule, mm-hmm. and then they changed that rule. Right. So, you know, I was, I was like, well, that was inconsistent. But for the most part, this year, I think they've been, yeah, very consistent in applying the rules. I can't think of a, a blatant incident like this where you're
1: comparing the two and you're like, wow, that's I mean, that, that one's seems worse bad. than the one that they called the penalty on. So I don't. Yeah. And and since they've instituted the whole the whole camera thing, it's been great. You know, for the most part, there's been a couple things here and there, but nothing that you're like, wow, you know, that's that's kind of bogus there. But this one, I, I think, was definitely the first, and I hope was not a long line of these. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: speaking of a long line of things, uh, it seems like the the pit crew, the pit guns. Oh, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> they seem to be, it seems to be a, a recurring trend now. Um, yeah. Harvick, after the race, talking to Nate Ryan and some other reporters. I wasn't among this group. I was talking to other people on pit road, but apparently he said it was pathetic and embarrassing for the sport. Um, that, that the Pit Guns are, are failing like this. Uh, I, I've personally kind of been hesitant to criticize the Pit Guns mm-hmm. because, you know, look, the owners, the teams asked for this. Yeah. The teams went to NASCAR and they said, hey. We're spending too much money. Exactly. <laughs> and can you can you s- sort of save us from ourselves? So NASCAR said, okay, we'll go to a common Pit mm-hmm. Gun. Team said, great. Now all of a sudden they're saying, you know, not, not all of a sudden, but all, all year as the year has gone on and they're not getting better and they're inconsistent, mm-hmm. teams are saying, oh, this stinks. Um, <laughs> what's your what's your take on on what this whole thing
1: has is, is come to? Well, first off, I'd like to know what inconsistent means, you know, in, in whose eyes is it inconsistent? Uh, what are they doing? Is there maybe an error on the guy that's changing the tires that's causing these inconsistencies, you know? so That's kind of what I wonder, too.
0: Because yeah. isn't, isn't it easy to – I mean, and I don't know if this is the case, but like, let's say a tire changer screws up on Mm -hmm. a pit stop, okay? Wouldn't it be easier for the crew chief to tell the driver or whatever, oh my gosh, these darn pit guns? (laughs) Oh, that's why you had a slow pit stop, Mm -hmm. not, or that's why you had a loose wheel, not because of the guy. But finish what you're saying. Sorry. Well,
1: it's to that same end, you know, you get a car, you take it 5,000 miles without an oil change, it burns the motor up, and you go, oh, these dang motors in these cars, and they just burn up for no reason. Then they check it out, and they go, well, you didn't change the oil. So it's really on you. So we never hear the follow-up on it. We don't know what caused the, the actual gun. It's just, oh, man, these guns are terrible. Right. So, yeah, you know, Well, and, and I, I did talk to NASCAR about
0: this as well. Um, they say that they're continuing to work with the teams. Uh, there's a big effort taking place to try to get these guns better. Because uh, obviously NASCAR doesn't want this to be no. a story. Um, they have somebody, every time a gun fails, they have somebody that goes and checks the guns. Mm-hmm. And apparently, yeah, sometimes they can replicate what happened and said, "Okay, yeah, that gun was faulty. Other times they can't replicate what the team said it did, yeah, um, but at that point, it's in the heat of the race, you can't mm-hmm. you know say well you're you're lying or something like that, yeah. i think to the to the crew, so they give them a new gun, and you know these these guns are picked out um by a lottery basically mm-hmm. you know you I, I saw I didn't realize this until Alan Cavana tweeted about this a few weeks ago, um but they all Show up and and there's like lottery balls and they draw out a number and say okay you get gun number thirteen <laughs> you do so it's it's very random and yeah. you give them back after the race but uh, hopefully Paoli who makes the guns can get these guns more consistent because you this is not something that's
1: that anybody wants to be talking about no definitely I don't want to talk about it it's boring I don't know anything <laughs> about it I can't prove anything it's just you know you you don't want something like that inter- interfering with the the outcome of a race but I'll I'll say this did you ever play sports in high school yeah okay so I played football and. If we were going off what we all thought the calls were from the sidelines, our team would have had every one of those calls go for us. So it's always going to be on your side when it's happening to you, uh, even if it's something that you have caused. Um, yeah. So You're highly
0: biased in the moment.
1: Very. And in the heat of the moment, it, it sometimes looks like it's against you, you know, and even when it's not. So it's really hard. I really wish we could break down each one of these things and kind of talk to them about, what, hey, what happened, you know? Right. But we just hear air gun failed, that's it, and that's
0: you know, and then everybody, everybody moves on, and we don't get it. like,
1: damn, those guns, NASCAR. Oh, my goodness. Right. And I feel bad for NASCAR because that's a bad situation to be in. No matter what, all you're going to hear is air gun sucks. That's it. NASCAR's fault. So, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a rough situation. And these air guns were failing before when the teams were doing their own stuff, too. Right, but we wouldn't hear about no, that. No, no. Oh, we spent a million dollars. Gun. My thing, not going to worry about it. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> They're not going to say, oh, this this million-dollar air gun that we put all this technology into, the air gun failed, that's why we had a loose wheel. They're right. not going to They were always like,
1: oh, it was just a weird faulty hose or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the gun's fault. Yeah. Now it's the gun's fault every time. The gun's always at fault. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that.
0: But I, I do see that it is becoming a problem and becoming a trend. Um, I asked Adam Stevens about it in, in the post race press conference there. You know, and he said, "Yeah, it's it's a concern every time. You know, because it's, you're not going to change your strategy. No, you need tires and you need tires. <laughs> you got to have tires. And it's not it's not in your control then whether the gun works or not. So that's that's a problem. As much effort as they put into um, all the stuff, you know, the wind tunnel and engines and every mm-hmm. everything they do, all these parts and pieces on the car to have it come down to a gun that's not even in your control." Mm-hmm. Maybe it is better to have the teams <laughs> spending way too much money on these guns. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's no easy answer. I do know, though, that the teams were the ones that wanted this in the first place. Right. So,
1: anyway. Another interesting thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have just limited the guys from six over the wall down to five in the offseason. Right. And so guys are trying to do double the work and half the time trying to cut their losses, trying to get back down to 11-second pit stops. Maybe they're trying to do things a little too fast, and that's what's jamming the guns. You don't know. And I, I definitely think that that's led to the, the
0: tire thing. The mm-hmm. tire choreography is messed up, and that's why we're seeing more uncontrolled tire yeah. stuff. Because you before you just had, I mean, you had two tire carriers. Now you're down to one yeah. person that's an official <laughs> tire carrier. So it's up to you to figure out how to do that. And mm-hmm. the tires don't always seem to roll in the right yeah. direction.
1: Sometimes they stay still. Sometimes they move. Right, right. Interesting stuff.
0: Okay, I'm going to pause the podcast here to give you a little bit of an update something that happened after we finished recording the podcast, but I wanted to insert this part into the podcast. So sorry for the rough cut and the rough transition, but I thought this was important to get in here. Um, So after the podcast is over, we got a comment from NASCAR. And this is what it says. This is from Scott Miller, senior vice president of competition for NASCAR, talking about the uncontrolled tire penalty or non-call. Quote, it was a judgment call. And after conducting a post-race review of the incident, an uncontrolled tire penalty for the four-car would have been correct. We missed that call, end quote. So NASCAR uh, admitting there that they should have called a penalty. Um, Secondly, talking about the pit guns, quote, We'll continue gathering information on the pit guns' performance like we do after every race. It is too early to make assumptions without all the facts. It's also important to remember that this is a collaborative initiative with the race teams. So there you go. There's an update for you. uh, After we had talked about that in the podcast, I wanted to get NASCAR's comments in there. Now back to the rest of our conversation with Toby Christie. So, um, you know, it ultimately turned out that veteran drivers finished 1-2-3 today. Right. Uh, You had Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Jamie McMurray. Strong run for Jamie Well, That was wild, too. He just came up through there to second there for a while. I was like, wow, where did he come from? Yeah. Um, but there was you know there was a big banner outside the media center this week and it was the new kids on the track and some of the new kids that mm-hmm. were on the banner actually had pretty good days. You had Eric Jones in fourth, mm-hmm. you had Bubba Wallace eighth and William Byron tenth, Chase Elliott eleventh. So you had the guys the two guys who were running for rookie of the year,
1: they both got top tens. Yeah. Um, and William so Byron's he started dead last uh, because he had to change an engine after uh, practice. So that's right. That's really impressive that he was able to work his way through the field, got trapped a lap down a few times, still worked his way through it. And I don't know how he got to 10th, but he got to 10th. So there was a lot that happened during this race, which kind of made things oddball, which is, you know, Darrell Wallace Jr., he was in, what, 4th going into the final restart. So a lot of really good days for these guys who really needed them. And it, and it wasn't total fluke for either of them, uh, you know,
0: like – like Darrell Wallace Jr., um, he was he, he was up at fourth because they played the pit strategy right. like that caught a caution. But earlier, you know, he was racing Harvick pretty yeah, hard for the, for, the, for for the, lucky the three dollar. pass.
1: He held off Harvick for what thirty laps. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and similarly, William Byron held off Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. because uh, before Johnson had his problem. Um, Byron and Johnson were racing for the free pass, and Johnson couldn't pass Byron for a while yeah. when they were doing it. So, yeah, it's two two good runs for them. And th- mm-hmm. That was impressive to and see. And Chase
1: Elliott would have probably finished higher had he not done that pitting before the, the pits were open for him because he was a lap car at the time, um, oh, that that's last right. pit stop. So he would have probably been in the top ten as well.
0: That's right. I didn't even think about that. So um, that's seven races down, mm-hmm. and Kyle Bush is a points leader. Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> I would not have guessed... So Kyle Busch is is a big-time points leader by 38, uh, by a lot. Mm -hmm. I would not have guessed that Joey Logano was number two, I don't think.
1: No, he's done it very quietly, very, very sneaky. You know, it's almost like a Mark Martin kind of season. Yeah, I think
0: he has six or three sixth-place finishes in a row now.
1: Wow, that's crazy. So
0: he's just sort of running in the top ten. He had another sixth-place finish today. Not leading laps, Mm -hmm. doing anything flashy, but he's right there. He's finishing races. So he's in... Decent points position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Ryan Blaney is third, so you only so have that's impressive too. It is, it is for sure. And you, it, but between the top three in points, you only have one race win. But
1: between four, five, and six <laughs> in points, you have five
0: race wins. Yeah, Harvick, Truex, and Boyer.
1: Yeah, I think this is a product of these guys from fourth, fifth, and sixth. They know all that matters are these wins and these stage wins. So they're trying to put up extra playoff points. They stuff it on the wall or do something crazy, that's fine. And they're willing to live with that. But, uh, I mean, once it all gets re-racked, these guys are going straight to the top. Yep. So let's look
0: uh, outside the top 20 now in the points. And as as NASCAR goes to Bristol next week, Who's sort of in trouble here that you see? Or who who
1: really needs a good run at Bristol? Oh, Jimmy Johnson, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, sitting 21st after seven uh, races. I don't like to ever count Jimmy Johnson out because every time I've ever done it in any kind of an article, he's come back and won a championship and made me look really stupid. <laughs> but it does not look very good right now for Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I, he's certainly not close to winning. No. Um, no, and, not even in
0: the realm. And if he doesn't win, he's going to need uh, – have, uh, you know, a good points finish, and right now, already, he's already 23 points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. So, that's that's not <laughs> ideal at this No, point. and
1: when you start looking at the guys that are ahead of him for those playoff spots, they're all pretty decent, and they're guys that can win races uh, this year. They've been very close, and much closer than he's been to this point. So, man, that's uh, that's not something you want to look at if you're Hendrick Sports or Jimmy Johnson.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you another one, too, is Jamie McMurray down there in 23rd in points. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about he had a great day today uh, with third-place finish, but I think that might have been his first, like, top 15 of the year.
1: Yeah, and I think it's his first, what, top 10 since last fall or something. Really? So it's been a while now. Wow. Um,
0: so, yeah, I mean, that's a guy who's pointed his way into the playoffs a couple of years. Yeah. And, um, obviously, if he's going to do that this year, because yeah. he's another guy where you don't really think of him as a threat to win races, despite right. Larson being
1: a threat to win races. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, so, I mean, the pressure's on him, too. He's going to have to break through at some point, it looks like. Yep. So, uh, Toby, we talked about it. Um,
0: eight cautions. A lot of mistakes aside from the cautions. Mm-hmm. A lot of penalties. Uh, unpredictable race. Uh, you had a decent scramble for the finish there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, when I do the was it a good race poll tomorrow... Um What do you think the yes percentage will be? do you want do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick? first? Sure, I'll pick first. Okay. Um,
1: I think you'll get about seventy eight percent seventy eight percent. I don't know what yes. your current polls look like currently on other races, but I think seventy eight percent. You've got enough cars that stuffed it into the wall, so that was exciting for people to watch. You've got all the crazy uh, pit road mishaps that were going on and then of course, like you said, it was at least close for the win uh, at Texas which doesn't usually happen. so um, I, I think seventy eight percent.
0: okay. Ooh, this is tough. I oh. think
1: I'm I'm going to actually go lower
0: here, leave some breathing room between us. Um, You're not going to prices right me, huh? No, I'm not going to prices <laughs> right you. I think I might go 68%. Reason being that I, I agree you had some valid points, um, but two things. Number one, uh, I think people are like sort of predisposed to not really like Texas races very much because right. they're long. Right. They're long. This one was three hours, 32 minutes, not counting the red flag. hmm Number two, this was a Kyle Busch win, and typically, that's,
1: that's a good point. People
0: sometimes automatically just go, "No, nah, that wasn't a good race." The Kyle <laughs> Busch won, so um, yeah, I, I I feel like it could be closer to sixty-eight percent. I it, it could be in the seventies, but. I'm, I'm just going to go down at, at 68% there. I, now, I'm on a losing streak right now. Right,
1: so I'm going to campaign for my 78% here. There's oh. some good stories. I mean, Ryan Blaney, did you see that car at the end of that race? Yeah, that was trash. beat to hell and yeah. finished fifth. That's insane. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um. So you're you're hoping that people will listen to this? Yeah. For please. Years. Everyone who's listening, go with me on this one. Come on. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that
0: enough people listen to this to sway the vote. I think. But, you know, um, we have a shot here. I I actually need to get back on the winning win, the winning track because I've I start I think I started off four and zero, started off the season four and zero and I've lost uh, every week since I wow. believe. So, um, we'll we'll see how you do. Now tell us <laughs> um what how things are going over f- uh, for you over at the final lap and what, what kind of content you produce over there.
1: Yeah, it's going good. Um, I do all my writing there. Uh, been, I've been writing since 2010 about, or 20, 2007 actually about NASCAR. Um, and so my writing can be found there, but we also have podcasts. That's what primarily what we're doing over there. Um, we've got uh, the final Lap weekly, which usually produce, uh, comes out Thursdays. Um, and then racing legends is every other week, uh, kind of show that we just started this, this year. So, um, it kind of, does more historical stuff, um, NASCAR, Formula One, and IndyCar. So it's, uh, it's been pretty fun. We've got over a million downloads now. Isn't that great? Wow. Congrats. A million. People listen awesome. to us talk enough. So that's that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, so we we're pretty that's excited great. about that. And we've got a lot of uh, cool listeners now that are kind of interacting with us on Twitter. And every little weird catchphrase we say, they always retweet us it and stuff. So it's kind of cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, they can find it on iTunes and other places like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those places were there. Awesome. Just look for the final App or uh, Racing Legends. That's cool. And what's, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is Toby underscore Christy, um, and we're also at the final App as well.
0: So, Toby, you've, you've done a, a number of, of various things um, in the NASCAR media landscape throughout your career. And at one time... Uh, should we tell the window story?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go for it.
0: <laughs> so w- one time we were <laughs> at Las Vegas Motor Speedway and, um, this was when like the, the quote citizen journalist right. media corps was going on. And at the time I had just gotten laid off from NASCAR scene and I had just started with SB Nation, mm-hmm. which SBNation.com was really unknown at the time. And so we were, there's in Las Vegas, there's a really nice window. Yes. Um, and you can see the track for out from the media center. So a few of us were standing there at the window. Yeah, during the start of the race, naturally. Yeah, you know. yeah we're wanting want, wanting to watch the race. And I guess some somebody in the media,
1: <laughs> was it somebody in the media that complained? It, or, I, well, I think what we found out later was that somebody had snuck into the media center and was kind of taking things. So they're trying to keep everybody in their seat. So figure out was that was what in it there. was? Thought That's they were, what I oh, heard. okay.
0: So anyway, we got a talking to yeah. from NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR PR at the time gave us a talking to for not being in our seats and for standing at the window watching the race because yeah. they were like, you know, we who are you people, you you <laughs> internet journalist people standing at the window. <laughs> trying to so watch like, the actual race you covering. Right, come trying on. Trying to watch the race. How dare you. Go to your seats. <laughs> It was like we we're, like, okay, okay. were in <laughs> school. Yeah, we got scolded. Well, so funny
1: thing, that was my first race covering from a media center, too. Oh. So I was like, what the hell's going on here? So you're here? Like, like, is geez. this how it is? I was I was like, oh, no. Wow.
0: <laughs> and that's the only time I've ever seen that happen yes, in any ever. media center <laughs> ever. Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, that was wild. Yeah. But anyway, so thanks for coming on and doing the podcast. Yeah, that's really, yeah. really cool of you. Anytime
1: you need me to do it, I'll, I'll be on, man. That's fun. Awesome.
0: And to the rest of you, thanks so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast.